Good morning, church family. Church family in this building and those who are listening in Africa and Asia and South America and Europe, all around the world because of live streaming. I told some friends all over the world that I'm preaching today and they promised that they would tune in. So we gather as a global community today. I'm still hearing in, in, my, in my head, and I hadn't been able to get away from it today, uh, words from the psalm, where the psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hmm. Just glad, glad to be in the house of the Lord. Aren't you glad to be in a place where we worship a God who attends not only to our worship, but meets us at the very point of our needs. And I want to just share today that God is passing our blessings for all to receive. That's in the line of a song. He's here right now to meet every need. I'm Pastor Gary, and I'm glad to be part of the preaching team here at Providence Church. And I do believe that uh, God has a word for us in this place today. So I ask that God would, again, just dignify dust in some way, that God would breathe upon dust and animate it in a way that we can hear uh, a word from God and somehow find food for the journey this week. Amen. I believe in the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body. I knew these words before I ever pondered or understood their meaning. These words were delivered to me and written on the tablet of my heart by worshiping community that mentored and tutored my soul. You see, they knew before I knew that I needed to believe those words. So with great repetition, they embedded that worshiping community embedded upon my spirit and my soul and my psyche those words. Every Sunday, for as long as I can remember, for the first 18 years of my life, the gathered community, the church where I and my family worshiped, we would pause during Sunday worship and we would share the Apostles' Creed. The pastor would extend the invitation and we would rise to our feet in the middle of service and aloud we would offer this ancient affirmation of faith. Even without my full knowing, I experienced an act of solidarity and mystical communion that's hard even to explain today. There was a connection to what was. There was a connection to what is. There was a connection to what is yet to be. The creed for me at a young age was an invitation into mystery. I have language now for that which I did not fully understand then. My faith was being formed and shaped by the creed. Said another way, the creed was a step for me along my very personal path to faith in Christ. 
I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that creeds form and shape us. The Apostle Creed helped me to live into the admonition of the Apostle Paul as Paul writes, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The Apostles' Creed placed me in solidarity and communion with the first followers of Jesus whose simple creedal response was, Jesus is Lord. That's all they knew. And that was enough. Maybe today that's all you know. Jesus is Lord, and I want you to know that that is enough. Because the creed helps us to step into the path of faith. I discovered in preparation for today that the Apostles' Creed was not through with me yet. Mystery is still unfolding its words, though, embedded upon my heart. I can wake up in the middle of night and say the whole thing without thinking about it. They're written upon my heart, but they are challenging me today to go deeper in my belief. I believe in the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body. I believe this. Yes, it is a statement of faith, and no, I cannot prove it, but I believe. Pastor Angela spoke to my heart two weeks ago when she said, belief is a gift from the Holy Spirit. I have that gift because I believe. We have that gift because we believe. You have that gift because you believe. For me, this confirms a divine mystery and the work of God in us. Here I go again, but repetition is important. I believe in the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body. I will confess to you today that I know more about forgiveness than I know about resurrection. But I'll tell you something about what I know and what I believe about both. I know that the forgiveness of sins is fundamental. Because I believe and understand this, I know three things. I am not perfect. I am not defined by the worst thing I have done. I am not the only one forgiven. Because I am not perfect, but then you knew that already, didn't you? Nobody say amen. <laughs> oh, there's a rascal in the room. <laughs> because I know I am not perfect, I am rescued from myself. Because I am not perfect, I have no need to bask in my own reflected glory or be too impressed with Gary. It's just dust. 
because I know I am not perfect. My flaws and my weaknesses do not have to defeat me. The realization of my imperfection heightens my awareness of my need to be forgiven and also my forgiveness. When we say this, this realization brings us to confession. Maybe you know this confession. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because of the forgiveness of sins, I realize that I am not defined by the worst thing that I have done. Years ago, it's like a flashback. I experienced the death by suicide of a friend who was as close as a brother because I loved him. I literally walked through the valley of the shadow of death with profound grief. His family insisted that I officiate at his funeral and preach his eulogy. I did not think I could. I wanted to tell them so bad, no. But while in the valley of grief, I discovered a God who is able to rise up in us in our weakness. I discovered a God who will resurrect hope in us when we are sure that hope is dead and nowhere to be found. I remember saying during his eulogy that one bad day does not a life define. In one moment, he made a bad decision. It was a bad day. His life was bigger than one day. His life meant so much to so many and was full of successes and failures. His death and his memory helped me to know that I am. It helps me to know today that we are not defined by the worst thing that we have done. Our lives are bigger than a bad day. From the cross, I hear Jesus. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. We worship a God who from the anguish of his own suffering could see beyond the moment and plead for forgiveness for his mockers and executioners. Forgiveness of sins expands beyond me. I am not the only one forgiven. When I really know the truth of this, it rescues me from harsh judgments. It saves me from putting people in concrete boxes where they cannot be reached. If we don't forgive, we allow a root of bitterness to grow up in our hearts. When I recognize and ponder the vastness of the forgiveness of God, I am often shamed by my tendency 
to make judgments. You see, I'll let you in on a secret. I, I want to be forgiven. I'll let you in on another secret. We want to be forgiven. But sometimes I, sometimes we want to withhold from others that which has been so freely given to us. The Bible says he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Hear me when I say all means all. Repetition is a good thing. I believe in the forgiveness of sin and the resurrection of the body. The act of forgiveness opens the door to resurrection. Jesus showed us the way. He forgave. He suffered and died. He rose again. In the act of forgiveness, we die to ourselves. We are no longer the center of our universe, no longer the most important person in the human equation. We no longer have to be vindicated. Justice is not a prerequisite for forgiveness, but sacrifice is. Pastor Jacob, in the opening sermon of this series, seven weeks ago, somebody say seven weeks ago, <laughs> Illustrated so well, he told the story of Adrian Alonzo to illustrate the power of belief. Adrian Alonzo is the uncle of L.A. Garcia, a 10-year-old Robb Elementary School student in Uvalde, Texas, who was murdered. Adrian said his bond to his niece, Ellie, was their faith. They came to church together. On national news, he volunteered a statement about the gunman. Hear what he said. He said, I forgive him. Not once, but he repeated it. He said, I forgive him. The reporter I imagine exasperated because only a few days had gone by since this terrible, horrendous deed and crime. And then Adrian said that in Ephesians 4, it states, we must forgive one another just as God has forgiven. And so I am filled with anger, but not hatred. My brothers and sisters, Believe what we believe is powerful. The act of forgiveness opens the door to resurrection. Forgiveness requires that we go through something, sometimes even unimaginable things. But as we grow, as we go through, we experience resurrection. Jesus went through something. Jesus forgave 
Jesus suffered and died. Jesus rose again. Listen to this word. I am resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. I ask you, do you believe? Listen to John 3.16. It's, it's core to our belief in the resurrection. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I ask you again, do you believe? If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you believe? Paul writes, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Do you believe? Do you believe that death is swallowed up in victory? Last Sunday was a marker, a spiritual marker for me. As I sat near the small wooden casket, a 14-month-old Zadie Rubio, the casket was right here. The room was filled with unimaginable grief. There were hundreds of people gathered. The grief seemed to envelop all who were present, and there was no escape. It wrapped us like a blanket. But I listened to Zadie's father, Daniel, talk about her life and death and her lasting imprint upon so many. He stood in this very space. As I listened, I was reminded of the reality of resurrection when he looked at the small coffin. And he said, she is not there. She is not there. It is only the shell that she left behind in that moment. He gave cogent witness to his own belief in the resurrection of the body. He reminded a grieving community of what we believe. His faith, our faith, is rooted in the biblical witness. In John chapter 20, you find Mary Magdalene going to a tomb. The stone is rolled away. 
She looks in and she enters in. And then there is this word in John chapter 20 where it says, he is not there. I heard Daniel last Sunday say, she is not there. Mary is the first witness to the resurrected body of Jesus and then the other disciples. They were eyewitnesses. In the Acts of the Apostles, we find these words. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. I ask you again, do you believe? I hope you are beginning to see the beautiful and the, the mystical pattern. The resurrection of the body is both physical and spiritual. Jesus conquered sin and death by bodily resurrection. The Bible records it every Easter as a statement of faith. I say as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I turn to somebody and they say, he got up. I turn to whoever will hear it on Easter Sunday and say, he got up. I remind the worshiping community today that he got up. It is core and fundamental to what I believe in Jesus and in Christ. There's a beautiful link in the creed today. Because we believe, because we experience forgiveness, because we offer forgiveness, because we forgive, we know resurrection now, and we know resurrection in the life to come. Oh, let me tell you how I know in case there is doubt in the room. I have seen spiritual resurrection with my own eyes. I've seen, maybe you've seen, broken families and marriages knitted back together. Hear me when I say that's resurrection. I've seen bitter people. You know any bitter people? I've seen bitter people turn sweet. Resurrection. I've seen drug and alcohol addicted folk walk away from addiction. That is resurrection. I've seen patients who doctors gave up on get up and walk out of hospital rooms, I tell you, that is a sign of resurrection. I've seen traumatized people move beyond their trauma. I've seen hopeless people get a portion of hope. It's resurrection. I've seen joyless people get a little laughter. I have seen people forgive that which for me seems unimaginable. It's evidence of resurrection. Oh, 
I have seen. I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death. It is a despairing place. It is a dark place. It is a place where we are tempted to give up. But in that valley, I have met a Savior who comes with us and he walks with us and gives us reason to rise out of grief and be reminded that death is swallowed up in victory. That because he lives, we can face tomorrow. There's evidence of a God who loves us with a love that is unimaginable. From the cross he uttered, forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. They know not what they do. All these are signs and symbols of resurrection. When we forgive, the thing that was dead can live again. The power of forgiveness and the power of resurrection linked together lead us to the last clause in the creed. Hear it in context. The forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. I can hear the question you raised, Pastor Mark, last Sunday with its inherent challenge. He said, what do we do? Because we have received the creed, because we have lingered around his words for seven weeks, what do we do? We have not lingered and tarried for seven weeks just to linger. What do we do? I tell you what I'll do. I will stand with the words of the creed written upon the tablet of my heart because others helped me to stand. I will allow the creed to continue to do its work in me and to continue to shape me. I will continue to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'll tell you what else I'll do. I'll invite you to do the same. So join me in the ancient tradition and stand with your stand as we affirm aloud our faith together. Together now, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered unto Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. <laughs>